live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go to Thursday. Cofield and Company, John Von Tobel alongside Ari back in our Finley Toyota studio. Silver 7, Silver 7, Silver 7s. On a Thursday, we go with... Until 5 o'clock, pregame on the way for the NBA Finals, game number two, Suns-Bucks. We'll get you the line update throughout the show. We're right across the way from the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. So this weekend, John's going to be a big test for Las Vegas. As I've said, we'll be uh, bursting at the seams. We're going to test out the system. 20000 at the Fortress for the fights. Another 65000 for Garth Brooks at the Al. And then after that, who knows what's going to happen for big events because we've got another one coming down the pike July 24th, or do we, as we open here with trending at two, this is not good news. Apparently a COVID outbreak in the Tyson Fury camp. Mm. So Fury and Wilder is now at risk, and that's a gigantic fight, a massive fight. One of the many fights coming up at the Fortress we need events like this. Oh, yeah, we do. That sucks. And, and then, like from a sports fan perspective, I can't watch the unification of the BBW, the BBC, the PAWG, <laughs> all of those other belts that are coming. You know, BBW. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this one? <laughs> no, I mean, look, it sucks. It's my sarcasm, of course, of my uh, love hate relationship with boxing. Yeah, hey, you're not a great boxing fan. Um, uh, but no, like anything that supports the town, right? I'm always going to be like behind, and it sucks to lose an event like this, especially when you see all the events starting to come to our city. Uh, right, Summer League already announced that it's going to come back. We have the big weekend, as you mentioned, right? We talked yesterday about the East-West Shrine game, the Pro Bowl, all of those things. So I'm always going to be behind something that supports the town and helps the city make money. Uh, so that's, that does suck, even though I do despise boxing to a certain extent. And we don't, I don't think we have any more information on what's going on in the camp. If Fury has it, just says we continue to monitor the health status of Tyson Fury and his team, and the status of the event has not changed to date. Don't know if it's uh, someone... Or some ones who are vaccinated, unvaccinated, but uh, I'm sure we'll get updates on all this. Yep. So, heavyweight boxing, we wait for these fights to be made, and then they go potentially crumbling down because of COVID. We had that happen a few weeks back with uh, Teofimo Lopez. Uh, he was unvaccinated, uh, claimed that uh, asthma issues were the reason that he didn't want to get vaccinated. So, uh, that fight has been, we think, rescheduled for the Belfort DLH card, De La Hoya card. On September 11th, so we want boxing back. It's just you know, it seems like something's always getting in the way. So that's trending at including boxing itself. Two o'clock, yeah. <laughs> uh, Maria Taylor speaks on Rachel Nichols. Well, did she really? This was I, I gotta say, this was a brilliant. Finally, we hear from Maria, the other one in this battle. Who, by the way, did not choose to engage in any sort of battle. I'm not really sure if it's a battle, but. She's been roped in by Rachel Nichols in the secret video from last year. I uh, This was clickbait at its finest. She's like, oh, I missed this. Yeah. Well, click on this. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> You're and, welcome on this. And it, the was, clickbait. it was absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say anything. Yeah, she said, during the dark times, I always remember that I'm in this position to open doors and light the path that others walk down. I've taken some punches, but that just means I'm still in the fight. Remember to lift as you climb and always keep rising. All right. I think we need some cheesy music to go with it. So, right. well, and also, I mean, the message. Also, she posts uh, pictures right of herself with other uh, black people in media and whatnot. So, the message there pretty clear. They look pretty young too, so I'd assume it's people who are rising within the ranks. Okay. 
Uh, we'll talk more about the uh, Nichols legal situation and other stuff with Xavier Pope in the 3 o'clock hour. He'll be checking in our uh, Thursday attorney. Expert on everything, as I like to joke about. Xavier will be up in about 90 minutes. Also trending at 2, uh, Derek Carr says he's not the MFer. Wait, what? Yeah. He is. Uh, he is in Tahoe right now. He's actually part of the Tahoe Golf Tournament, which, by the way, I did not realize that uh, this thing is really being booked this year. William Hill's got a ton of odds up on the uh, celebrity yeah. tournament up in Tahoe. Uh, other books in town have odds up. I'll get to the odds later on Charles Barkley because Barkley changed his swing, so maybe he's really in the running. Have you seen it? Uh, it's much better. It's right. There's no more ridiculous hitch at the top. Right. His legs aren't quivering. It's a lot better. Oh, it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot better. It doesn't mean he's going to win the tournament. But Derek Carr is actually a first timer in the tournament. Uh, he sat down with a podcast that's on Peacock with uh, Holly and Smith. It's called uh, "Brother from Another," and they address. The Tom Brady, I can't believe they kept that mother. There was a lot of speculation that when Tom Brady went on the shop, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. what he was saying at the MF, he was, oh, yeah, he was yeah, thinking oh, it was yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, what did you think of that? that? That people thought it was it was you and the Raiders? From what I know, it wasn't me. Okay, you know, okay, that's uh, good. It, which is good. And if it was, like, I've, I've gotten in enough trouble trying to challenge some people to fight. You know what I'm <laughs> uh, but as a man, you know what I'm saying? Like, Tom, like, you right. got, I know you got the rings, but yeah. you know, yeah, if it's not me, then we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh-oh, Camp Carr going to be descending on Team Brady. Could be an old anchorman-style brawl. <laughs> Someone gets hit with the trident. <laughs> there goes Darren Carr. Who would be the other quarterbacks that participate in that fight? <laughs> it would be him and Mitch Trubisky. And oh, it's all, the other, it's, right. it's all the quarterback uh, candidates who could be the right. uh, mother blankers. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> like, just all out in the back. And then Brady's back by what? All former Patriots, Edelman, and then uh, anyone anyone else who wants to join in? Yes. Edelman and Gronk. Now, here's the thing. There's an important caveat in that sound clip where he goes, as far as I know, right, or to my knowledge. He's got sources. It's not me. He's got sources. Right. I mean, it's the team that would probably have really benefit in no way whatsoever saying, yeah, we actually did talk to Tom Brady. We wanted to replace you, but uh, he turned us down. We will play more of that interview because uh, Derek Carr also talked about Carl Nassib, and he did follow up on the Tom Brady uh, Mother Blanker gate. Um, the one thing I will tell you that Holly and Smith did not do on the podcast during the sit-down in Tahoe at the golf tournament is just start naming all the other quarterbacks who could be the mother blanker. All oh, right, you got that. That would have been great. Who do you think it is? Kirk, Jimmy. No, you actually, start rolling I, I, them off the tongue. Oh, you're doing it for me as if I'm Kirk. Yeah, if you're Kirk. Like, what about the, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about Mitch? And then the great part is like, yeah, it's probably Mitch. I believe I believe Colin. I think the herd is connected. He said it's uh, Trubisky. Oh, well, I think it makes the most sense. Yeah. Like, you'd most easily feel comfortable throwing out a disparaging remark about Mitch Trubisky because, like, who's going to defend him? Right. I mean, who's going to get mad? Who's got his back? And we're not the only ones, but you and I have said many times, like, if you have any sort of an eye, you realize that Carr is one of the top-end quarterbacks in the NFL. The defense is a big problem. He, it he's would still be a quality quarterback. It would be a stupid comment by Tom Brady. Correct. Unless he goes with the, I'm so good, I think everybody's an MFR. Yeah, we'll have more on that in the 5 o'clock, or uh, check that, the 4 o'clock hour. Big 5 at 4 today. So we got Suns and Bucks coming up around 6 o'clock. We'll hit that. We had another league closeout last night. NHL. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, wasn't the Golden Knights against the Lightning. Canadians did not put up much of a fight at all. Now we've got the Lightning winning back-to-back cups. It's happened recently. The Penguins did it 16 
and 17. But the Lightning are a pretty dominant team. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it going with their salary cap issues. But they went out onto their celebratory shield last night. <laughs> uh, first of all, how about Kucherov with... They, they just beat the Canadians. They beat him pretty easily, and Kucherov has to rub some salt in the wound and get after the Canadians fans. I'm so happy we... <laughs> I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted, the fans in Montreal, come on. They acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? John Romano, they, Tampa they, Bay Times. Their final was last, last series. Okay. Hey, he's not done. Don't go to the next question. He's not done. I love Kucherov. No, no shirt, pounding a beer, talking trash. Uh, then he got after Marc-Andre Fleury uh, and barely referenced him. He's like that guy in Vegas. He got the the Vesna over my guy, and yeah, you know, he was crowing about Vasilevsky, and that Vasilevsky should win every award, and he's the one winning these cups. So, all right, I can accept it. You know, I want that statue out in front for Mark Andre Fleury, but I can I can accept a little trash talk, and it's a little motivation next year for uh, you know when Mark Andre when Mark Andre Fleury is a uh, goalie number one for the Golden Knights. A lot of motivation there. I'm gonna ignore that. Why? That was bait. Well, what's, it, the, what's the thing? Well, That's it's, bait. That's it is going to be a discussion once we really start so. getting into these discussions because I have floated it out there that I think Fleury is the guy who stays and Leonard should be the guy who's traded. Stop. 100%. Stop. We've done it on the podcast. I've done it on the show. Stop. Yep. There's nothing against Mark. It's the timeline. That's, that's, that makes no sense. It's the better goalie. It's the more durable goalie, and they've got another guy in, in waiting. And also, why would you give Fleury away to other teams around the league and get nothing for him? You can get something for Leonard. You want to you win now? Trade the goalie who has more trade value because he's younger and has, you know, a guaranteed salary number that everyone will know about. Get help now. And then you could be potentially in goalie hell going forward in a year or two. They have to make that transition. They think they have a guy in the system who's yeah. ready to go in Logan Thompson. Yeah, but you already have a guy right now that's ready to go in Robin Leonard. Not exactly durable. I mean, okay. <laughs> he was pretty durable the year before. He was really solid in the postseason. And every time you've seen him out there, he's been great. I got questions. Uh, Can I say really quickly? Yeah. Uh, about the thought of Tampa Bay and not continuing this. I mean, look, they won the they won the President's Trophy a couple years ago, got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've been this team for a really I mean, long Vas- time, Vasilevsky's man. 26 and Kucherov's 28. Right. they got, they got an outstanding team. Stamkos is awesome. The thought is that they're going to have to strip down the team a little bit yeah. because of the salary number. The other thought here is I wonder, you know, if the head honchos at the NHL are like, ooh, this Tampa thing. I don't know if this is working out for us. Of all the teams, of all the cities. Right? Right. This is the one that's having unprecedented success. It's like it's one of the smallest markets. No one outside of Florida cares about anything in Tampa, St. Pete, although the Bucks. It is, it's freaking it's title town right now, yep. but I don't know if that's Tampa great. Bay. I don't know. Yeah, Tampa Bay. I don't know if that's great for the NHL. Now, it's arrogant of us here in Vegas to say, like, oh, oh if we got it, oh, it would be great for the NHL. Right. It would be. Well, of course it would. <laughs> We talk about it. It'd be absolutely incredible. This is a fantastic market. Everybody wants to come here. This is a city of dreams. Nobody wants to go to Tampa Bay. People in Florida don't want to go to Tampa Bay. The people that live there would rather not live there. I actually, of uh, all the places, and I don't want to live anywhere in Florida now, but of all the places in Florida, uh, that's one of the places I would I would prefer. No, you'd, ra- you'd I like, rather I, live in St. Pete. What's the difference? What's the difference? It's the same thing. It's the I don't same even area. know my job. I don't <laughs> it's even. The same I just, area. That's the only city I knew outside of Miami. Yeah. That's just Dude, you're being Bradenton, okay? <laughs> Clearwater. Okay. All right. Orlando. Yeah, no, no, Orlando, different area. I'd rather be in Orlando. About an hour and 20 away. Can I just say, too? Yeah. I mean, if you are any member of the Tampa Bay Lightning or you're a fan, I get it. This is, you're, at the, you're at the peak right now. But you've got to be thinking, 
this should be number three, right? Like the way they lost that series to the Blue Jackets and where they've been the last two seasons, this should be number three. That's got to be really – you have to look back on that loss to the Blue Jackets and feel really crappy about that. Champa Bay. Yep. Is it going to keep rolling? It could. I mean, given the age and what they've been doing now, there's a really good shot that at least for one more year they're going to be there. Now, as Las Vegans, us ripping on Tampa is sort of hypocritical because we are we are sports Siberia. I think we're, we're getting more known. But you think about what's going on around pro sports right now, especially what's unfolding in the NBA. Yeah. Phoenix, you know, out of – not out of nowhere, but – Way off the radar for most people. Phoenix winning the NBA title ain't great for the NBA either. Thank God for CP3 that he's a known entity. It's a weird time in sports right now. Yeah. And then if you look at baseball, and we got updates on Trevor Bauer, he's got an, uh, another week added on to his uh, commission exemption. We could have the Yankees, the Dodgers out of the mix. This is a crazy time in sports right now. John's going to give us a take on what's going on with the uh, Phoenix Suns and the Bucks coming up later tonight. We're also going to talk to... Uh, the arena voice and also a local radio voice in Phoenix, Vince Murata, will be up on Cofield and Company. We want all the smoke. Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100 and let us have it. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Boise was outstanding. MVP. I was telling him every day, Boise, you MVP. You, you're the best player. And then they gave it to whatever the guy... In Vegas, the Vezina. And then last year, they, they gave Vezina to somebody else. Number one book. Number one book. Why is it to both cups? Yep. Friggin' Russians. Ruining hockey again. Crank it up. Russian national anthem. No? That's it. Okay. Actually, I have no idea if that's a Russian national anthem. The only time I ask the vast sound crew to grab it is in cases like this, and that's actually uh, Nikolai Volkov from the WWF in the 80s. Okay. Remember his whole bit when he used to stand... You don't remember this. You're younger, say, but he used to stand well, why up would you with, the, with the Iron Sheik, and he would do the... It was actually a great bit in the 80s okay. as the Cold War is closing out, and they have this supposedly Russian wrestler standing up at MSG singing the, the Russian national anthem. That was Kucherov! That was Kucherov last night in spirit! He just, he wins, he's pounding a Bud Light. Give him a little pop. American American beer. Yeah. He's pounding a Bud Light, and then he's pounding on Marc-Andre Fleury and getting after the Canadian fans for actually enjoying the one game they uh, they, they were a victor in. Relax, relax, Kucherov and Vasilevsky. Enough. Yeah, you're not drinking a Botlika, huh? It's because those are garbage. Oh, wow, look at you. Russian. I knew that off the top of my head. Did you? Didn't Google it. I saw you uh, typing real quick on the keyboard. No, right? I was responding to a work thing. Um, by the way, so you mentioned this, and you kind of spun it as he meant. He didn't even. He knows. Oh, look, I'm not the biggest defender of his. To pretend like you don't know Mark Andre Fleury's name. That is insulting. Uh, the guy. The guy. In Vegas. A lot of people got on social media. They were very mad about the classless. Act from Kucherov and also accused him of being drunk. Can you get drunk that quick after a game? Um, one, even if you, like, yeah, you can. And two, like he just won the Stanley Cup. Of course he's probably drunk. <laughs> Who cares? It's amazing what we celebrate and what we don't. We, we celebrated a six-month binge, it was probably sarcastic, not six months, of Alex Ovechkin showing up to different places hammered. 
over the course of like three weeks in different cities. But like, Kucherov, <laughs> don't you dare. Stop. Ah, because he was ripping on the untouchable Canadians fans. Oh, who cares? I agree. I don't. It's good trash talk and <laughs> use it as bulletin board material next year. And everyone around the league, get it together. You're so mean. Because Tampa keeps winning titles and the Russians keep walking away with the cup. It's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. Tampa's awesome. Just wait till the Winter Olympics, man. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, just, we'll get them. Uh, right now, uh, about, what, 113 out? A little toasty. Uh, you know there's a, a growing line over as the big events come back to town, as long as we don't have COVID issues because it looks like uh, Fury and Wilder may be canceled on July 24th. There's a big COVID outbreak in the Fury camp. Uh, tonight is the primetime Connor press conference. Uh, fans are there. They're allowed to ask questions. Media, ask questions. That <laughs> they let fans ask questions? Oh, yeah. That's a nightmare. Yeah, they'll let them get out there. That's a nightmare. I was going to do a fan impression, but I was just saying, I don't uh, I, would lo- I, would, I would love to see Dana White at some point address the fact that Adam Hill is in the building and that he's the one who wrote the Jacksonville story. <laughs> and he's right there. Yep. <laughs> like just we let out. him back in. <laughs> Give him a big welcome. Or <laughs> does Adam intro himself before every question? He, do, he, question? he doesn't ask questions at press conferences. Oh, ever, man. Ever. Could unless... Um, and this is always funny with the UFC because they're like, you know, all oh, these guys, these guys just cover it because, you know, because they want attention. Um, for the longest time at UFC press conferences, they'd actually walk over and be like, hey, can you help us out and ask a question of so-and-so because no one's asking a question. But, but Can you imagine? Hey, I, hey, I, you know what? I, you know, I'm a noob. <laughs> I don't know what it was like. But that actually did happen. So, Adam, in those cases, if, if they walk over and say, hey, do us a favor, ask so-and-so, at this kind of event, no one's going to have to. There's going to be a line. I'm just waiting. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, there'll be plenty of questions for Conor McGregor. And the fans will be going crazy. And if you ask any sort of question that is any bit critical of anything, you will get booed out of the building as a media member. I want to text Adam right now. Just ask, okay, uh, Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal. And then just immediately, boo, yeah. that's the guy! Don't, don't even ask a question. <laughs> just uh, Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal. I'm here! <laughs> and then just sit down. Flip the double birds, Adam. Just flipping everybody <laughs> off. I'm not banned, huh? That's right. My favorite, this just reminds me since we're on the subject, my favorite insult of his was there was somebody who was like, let's see you get access to the next card. And it was like a fight night card at the Apex. Like, there was nobody wanted huh. to watch. Like, what are you talking he about? He was there. <laughs> of course he was he's, there. He's covering this one. He's fine. Uh, everyone who's in that media orbit of Dana White has been shredded at different points and told, don't come back. Right. And he's back. So uh, Dana and Adam Hill get along. Very, very well. Anyway, so the, the press conference is going on tonight. I know uh, there's a, a decent-sized line over at the Fortress to get in, standing out in the heat. So MMA fans are freaking hardcore. Connor fans Even are hardcore. You have become – you know what's interesting about MMA fans? We, we talked about this yesterday, right? The, uh, oh, the stall, the whole Stephen A. Smith thing, mm-hmm. where Stephen A. Smith is added to the coverage. You and I think it's great. I think we get it. Like, hey, the guy's the biggest name in sports in terms of a voice. He's the best guy in terms of connecting – with the average Joe out there. So if he talks about your sport, that is good. Okay, He doesn't have to be X's and O's, super expert on it, but that's a good thing. But MMA fans are very protective, and you know they're like, we want coverage. And then as soon as someone they disagree with at a high level comes in, they're like, leave our sport alone, you suck. I feel like you're getting that way with the NBA. You're very protective of the NBA. Incredible. I saw a tweet from you last night, and it was a subtweet of sorts. Uh, were you not happy with some national coverage? analyzing 
Chris Paul and Devin Booker and their analytics and when they were talking about the finals, what was going on? Well, so, so what did you hear that irked you? That's incorrect, though. That's the thing, right? Like, I, I, um, I do not enjoy stupidity. That is what I don't like. And so when you make arguments that are disingenuous and have nothing to do with the actual topic, well, then, I mean, I, it's kind of irritating, right? So case in point, again, I, I, I've said this a thousand times, and I'll say this once more. If you talk about analytics in basketball and your first thing is either talking about the mid-range shot or the three-point shot, like, I just I can't do it, right? So yesterday on what's – we've talked about this. Broussard's show's name? The Odds Couple? Odd Couple. Odd Couple. Yeah. Um, Rob Parker, Chris Broussard, great show added to the lineup. Good move. They were taking calls, and the topic was, do Chris Paul and Devin Booker's success prove that analytics – is overblown. What does that mean? Well, that they take a lot of mid-range shots. They're mid-range scores, and thus okay. analytics is stupid. Here's the problem. Because okay. the, we, we've talked about the mid-range jumper. It's like, hey, only threes and layups are good. But when people say that, they're not really accurate. Well, yeah, because it's as a whole, right, as a collective. So when you talk about the Phoenix Suns, right, you want to eliminate mid-range jumpers from Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, and Dario Saric, right? When you think about all of the elite stars in the NBA – they all have elite mid-range games. Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. The, it's, analytics is, again, not a lot about eliminating the mid-range shot as a whole. It's about eliminating the mid-range shot as something your team as a whole relies on. And that's what irritates me. You can cover the NBA however you want. But, like, when you make stupid arguments that actually just, like, you're just not studying the actual topic that you're trying to cover. Yeah, you, tweet, you tweeted out, are Chris Paul and Devin Booker proving analytics is overblown, a topic on national radio? Sigh. Come on, man. Include the odd couple. See if they come back. Chris Broussard's a real good basketball guy. He's not. Rob Parker's a really good hot take guy. I mean, what, Broussard's not a good basketball guy? No, he's, he's not. He's been covering it his whole life. That doesn't well, mean it. his whole life, but that, that's his beat. <laughs> he came out of the womb. <laughs> uh, no, but that doesn't mean he's good at it. See, I, I thought they were really going hardcore on analytics because you, you lectured me about a month and a half ago telling me that Chris Paul can't be in the MVP because Devin Booker by the analytics is better. Right. No, that was regular season. It, right. And that was, yeah, it was regular season, all the on-court, off-court numbers. But, like, this is just this conversation. And, actually, you know, I did it with my buddy Tim Murray. I did a hit the other day uh, after the game one. And they made a sarcastic joke about the mid-range shot again with Chris Paul. And I'm like, guys, and I corrected them there too. I'm very consistent on this. Stars can have mid-range games. It's about making sure Jay Crowder's not pulling up from 21 feet. I think it's also the quality of the mid-range shot, isn't it? Well, that too. I mean, if it's freaking wide open and you're beating the five-man to 12 feet, correct? That's that's a good shot, right? Chris Paul getting you know when they're dropping the coverage on Chris Paul in a pick and roll, and he takes his side jump to the elbow and he's wide open, and that's his shot. Like, yeah, you're going to take that again. Your stars, the elite players, should have it as part of their game. Trey- I don't want Mikael Bridges pulling up for a baseline jumper. Yeah. Uh, Trey Young from 11 foot, you know, 11 feet with a runner. Right. As long as the numbers bared out, that's a good shot. Correct. Right. Dario, but like like Danilo Gallinari, when he takes a step back 19 footer, like, no, thank you. Did you see the uh, the best photo from game number one? The, the, the flopping was a little out of control with uh, especially Devin Booker. There's a great picture. It's in the rundown of, uh, and it was a play where, You've got oh, yes. you've got the defender. My, I had a brain for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Describe the picture. Uh, That's a it, perfect moment. It is the ultimate. Are you kidding me? Face of PJ Tucker on Devin Booker, who is pretty much parallel to the ground. You can see you can see Tucker. I mean, you can see that Booker 
uh, drew some contact, is angled backwards, right. and Tucker's really not near him, and Tucker sees him going up to shoot the J, and the look on his face is like, really? Like, like that is such bull crap that the whistle is going to be blown on this play. It, his mouth is just a straight line. Yep, right. <laughs> He's just like, come on, come on bro. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a really good picture. Let's go, officials. None of the cheap stuff for the, uh, the outside players. The premier players have such an advantage now. Let's call the game even up. And also, let's, how about protect the stars a little bit? But stop calling offensive fouls on Giannis. Yeah. He's getting banged all over the place. He draws a little contact and all was, oh, you got to go the other way. Well, like, but Cut it out. It's the inconsistency, too, right? Adam yeah. has said this all the time. If you're going to call something, that's fine. But just call it consistently. Don't let Giannis put his shoulder into DeAndre Ayton in the first quarter and push him back a foot with some real physicality and finish and then call that a foul the rest of the way. Like, that's dumb. We go down to Phoenix next. We'll get a feel for what's going on in the uh, Valley of the Sun. 98.7 FM uh, Phoenix radio star Vince Murata is up on Cofield and Company. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Rolling on on a Thursday, I already got some criticism for uh, part of the show. Vast Sound Crew put together that uh, Kucherov rejoin a little earlier. We played a little uh, Nikolai Volkov. I think I referenced it as the Russian National Anthem. So uh, Haywire Jackson chimed in and said, Soviet National Anthem. I forgot. Times have changed. Mm. Times have changed. The Suns are good. Times have changed. Vince Murata has been watching this. He's a, a radio star in Phoenix, and he joins John Von Tobel and Cofield here in Vegas. What's up, Vince? Boys, how are you? We're good. We're good. You're, you're so muted right now. I have to say right out of the gates, I'm going to kiss your ass on this front. You do local radio, so I want your take as a talk show host. But, John, I don't know if you know this, but Vince is also the PA guy at the games. Yes. And, Vince, I was watching some of your stuff, and I heard some of it the other night, and I've heard it throughout the playoffs. How do you get, like, the super loud voice where you don't crack? And then you also, you guys who do the PA, like, the growling is amazing. <laughs> it's good stuff. Like that's an art. That is an art, Vince. I I, I cut uh, I cut my teeth in, in doing growling PA. I used to be the PA for the Arizona Rattlers, who are in the Arena Football League now, in sure. the Indoor Football League. And NBA by comparison is, is is tame. I used to walk out of that arena after three hours, feeling like I I, I was going to die. So <laughs> it's, it's it's serving me well now. Whoa. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on, though, because I was watching your Twitter feed the other day, too, and you were noticing, you, you mentioned, hey, it's starting to sink in, foul sheet for Game 3 of the NBA Finals. You're used to championships, though. The Rattlers were great. They were. Uh, I think they won championships in three of my first four years. Yeah. Um, but it's a little different stage. <laughs> do you practice? Like, do you practice at home? Do you, have, like, do you just go in your garage and just try to get have, like, an, you know, an echoey atmosphere? I mean, you got to practice some of these, right, some of the new names? Um, honestly, I don't really. I'll, I'll just read through them, and I'm, I'm, I am obsessive about uh, pronunciation. So I found this great Chinese website. I don't know who did it, uh, but this person took the time to post all these videos of every player in the NBA. And I mean every player. It could wow. be a player named Joe Smith, but it's videos of every player saying their own names. It's, it's phenomenal. Uh, Vince Morales with us. He's the, the voice of the Suns in the arena, also does local radio in Phoenix. The other one, and I'm sorry I'm, like, obsessing over this. Uh, the other thing that I love, and, and I think most guys do this now uh, who are doing the PA, the, like, the muted, almost, like, angry, kind of bored way you do the opposing team is just magical. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely a trend. <laughs> but you, 
showing any type of respect or emotion in your voice is apparently a no-no uh, when you're introducing the, the visiting team. So uh, I'm glad to That's carry along that tradition. It's one of my favorite moments in any sporting event. The last name of the starting guy in the opposition. Oh, no! Like it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he flipped the switch. Here comes crazy growling Vince. Greatest. <laughs> All right, Vince, you got, you got to tell us about the, the environment that's, that's been building here. Um, and, you know, fans haven't been in the arena that long. But game one, it was freaking nuts. And I don't think a lot of people around the country realize that, you know, one, Phoenix is a giant city. And it's really into sports, especially when its teams are winning. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a Suns town at the heart of it. I mean, they were the first professional team here. And when the Suns got here in 68, a lot of people in the NBA thought, what is the league doing? There's no way Phoenix can support a, a major league franchise. But uh, there's been a love affair. Uh, for a lot of people, the love affair has been on hold uh, because the Suns have been dysfunctional and, and not very good for, for 11 years. But uh, I think, you know, the, the coupling of the construction of this team, uh, the improvement of the young players, bringing in guys like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, obviously being in the NBA Finals. Um, but plus, you know, coming out of a pandemic where people weren't doing a lot of stuff, it is at a fever pitch right now. I, I didn't think we could get louder crowds than we had in the earlier uh, in the earlier rounds of the playoffs. But you're right, Game One was absolutely nuts. There was there was a stretch where Devin Booker made a shot stretched the lead to 16 in the third quarter, and Milwaukee called a timeout, and I could not even hear myself talk. That's awesome. So let me ask you, let's go from awesome to somewhat bad news. Dario Sarge, torn ACL. So what does this center rotation look like in your mind going forward? Because like, I, like, I feel like Frank Kaminsky is, is kind of a little bit of a defensive liability out there. What does the depth behind DeAndre Ayton look like now for the rest of this series? There's not a lot, um, and I agree with you. Uh, Frank's you know, his use is really on the offensive end. He's, he's a pretty good playmaker. He's a smart player. He can knock down threes, but defensively he does struggle. Uh, and I hate to say this because I feel horrible for Dario Saric, but I'm, I'm not sure with the way the Bucks are rolling out their personnel that backup center is going to get a lot of run. Mm-hmm. And I know Monty Williams went to Frank Kaminsky for three minutes in game one, and that was adjusting on the fly. But I, I think it's going to be – especially if Milwaukee goes more small ball with Giannis at the five. I think you'll see some more Torrey Craig out there. Um, you could potentially see Kaminsky. Um, you know, if you want really small, Abdul Nader is an option. He plays bigger than, than he is at 6'5". So they have options, but I'm not sure how many minutes will be there for a true backup center. So you got to see him in person, then I'll ask your opinion of what you thought Giannis looked like, because I was going through some of the numbers, look like, you know, I don't think 11 field goal attempts, you're not going to get that a lot from Giannis Antetokounmpo, only five in the second half, a majority of those were jump shots or away from the basket, so what was your assessment of him health-wise, first half to second half, and what do you expect now that he's got a game under his belt on that knee? Um, well, I, I agree with you, the, the shot total was way down, um, you know, he scored 20 20 points, but I don't think he ever really got into the flow of the offense, especially as the game wore on. From an aggressiveness standpoint and from a comfort standpoint, I thought he he looked a lot better than I thought he would. I was shocked that he was in the starting lineup, and he came out really aggressively. But he seemed to he seemed to wear down um, as the game went on. So tonight, uh, you know, he, he talked about it yesterday and said, you know, I was worried about it in game one, but to be able to play 35 minutes on that knee. Um, and he said he feels great, and he wants to get back to being more aggressive. I think we're going to see an ultra-aggressive Giannis from the early stages tonight. 
what is your assessment of Devin Booker? Because it seems like since he broke the nose uh, against the Clippers, the shooting has been off a little bit, right? I think what's the last six games shooting around 22% from three. He's still dynamic, still does a lot of stuff that doesn't affect the stat sheet, but uh, the accuracy has not been really on point with him. What do you expect for him going forward? And does the knee, or excuse me, the knee, does the nose really bother him, or is that just a talking point? Um, I think he's past it bothering him at this point, and I agree. Uh, the three-point percentage has been down. Um, but I think that's the weird thing about Devin Booker is he is a tremendous shooter, but I don't think he's ever really excelled percentage-wise from, mm-hmm. from three-point range. He is another guy that can kill you in the mid-range, and, and um, I, I think you know that's where he needs to make his, his mark in this series is with that with that elbow jumper, which you know the Suns have two guys that can kill you from the mid range from those elbows. So um, I'm not I'm not that worried about the three point percentage being down. He is streaky there, uh, but I, I do I do think he's past the nose being an issue. So we got to talk to Eddie Johnson yesterday about this, and I'm curious your thoughts too, because there was a lot of talk on social media like, "Hey, bud, you got to adjust. You got to go small. You got to change things up." And I have made the <laughs> argument throughout this until like going into the series, and I am a little NBA nerd, so keep that in mind. Like, I, I didn't know if there was much the Bucks could do from a defensive standpoint because I think everything they do, personnel-wise, defensive scheme-wise, it just fits with what the Suns want to run offensively. What are your thoughts? I kind of feel the same way. And Chris Paul was asked about it yesterday, and he's like. Yeah, you know, there's only so much you can do out on a basketball court. Right. Uh, you know, the, the Bucks know exactly what the Suns want to do. They knew it in game one. Um, you know, their, their willingness to switch off very early in possession, that might change a little bit, but you still have to stop Chris Paul, who's been unstoppable in getting to his spots and, and making those jump shots. So um, I, I, I agree with you. I think there's only so much you can do. Uh, maybe you sprinkle in a little zone if you're Mike Budenholzer. I, I don't know, just to, to change the look. But they can't continue to attack things the way they did in Game 1, or this is going to be a really short series. The voice of Vince Murata on Cofield & Company uh, hosts uh, Pickley & Murata on 98.7 FM in Phoenix. Uh, this is going to sound goofy to the audience, but because you're you know right down on the floor, you do have a lot of moments where you can actually just sit there and watch warm-ups. You can watch interplay between players. Like, What have you seen from Chris Paul where you're like, all right, I get it. Like maybe if you're far away from the court, you're watching on TV, you don't get why Chris Paul is the competitor, the leader. Like, do you see stuff where you're like, all right, those exchanges explain why? Uh, yeah, I do see a lot of that stuff, and it's funny because Chris Paul, he's always been a respected player. Obviously, a guy that you know he's great, and you hear the stories. But until you see, you know, how routine driven he is, how communicative he is, and I don't mean this as a bad thing. He literally never stops talking. He is always talking, whether he's in the game or not. He's a guy that you know makes it a point every game to come over to the stats crew and the guys at the scorer's table and ask how they're doing. He's working the officials. He's giving instruction. He's talking to the other team. Um, he is, you know, he, he came to Phoenix advertised a certain way, and he's over-delivered even on the advertisement. Uh, he's been just a perfect drop-in player for, for this team this year, exactly at the time that they needed him. I don't want to put the cart before the horse and jinx anything, but if they do win, uh, one will there be a parade? You know, with uh, with you know COVID still raging and in some places, and where would it be? Because Phoenix is such a spread out area. Well, I got to go back to the last time the Suns were in the finals, '93. Um, they did not win the championship. They they uh, fell to the Chicago Bulls in six games, and they did have a parade. 
right downtown Phoenix leading up to the arena. Uh, it was I, I remember this because my sister got married that day and I couldn't <laughs> go. No, but it was a hundred. It was I think it was 120 degrees that day and three out three hundred thousand people wow. showed up. Um, I can imagine you know, people will conveniently forget about anything related to COVID if it's not yeah. win a championship and a half a million people showing up to downtown Phoenix to to melt out there and celebrate their team. Yeah, like I said, uh, don't want to jinx it, don't want to put the cart before the horse, because we started doing that stuff the last couple of seasons with the Golden Knights, and it didn't mm-hmm. quite work out. We were like, oh, there's not going to be a parade during a COVID season. Like, yeah, they didn't even get close, so they didn't make it. So yeah. uh, root, rooting for your sons, hope they do well, and uh, let's get you on soon. We can uh, break it all down after the finals are finished. Thanks, Vince. Sounds good, guys. There he is, Vince Morata. Host. Remember us doing this Latin, talking about that last year? I think it was yeah. McKinnell who was like, man, this would be a bummer. Can't even do a parade if they win the cup. Like, eh, let's, let's win, win the, the cup, cup first. Win the cup first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, whatever whatever the Suns do, just uh, I don't know if you remember the story about the goats. Just don't involve goats. For those who don't remember the story that Robert Sarver, uh, a couple of years ago, their ex-GM, oh Ryan McDonough, um, he wanted to inspire him and also play a practical joke. So he acquired live goats as an inspirational message that the Suns should find a goat of their own. The goats proceeded to crap all over the office. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. That one backfired. So uh, give a listen to Vince tonight. He's actually, that was really nice of him to join us. You know, we're talking uh, basically two two hours and 45 minutes before he's got to start working down at the arena. And I meant it. You got to listen to him. It's uh, those guys crack me up, man. Like you said, the the real muted tones uh, for the opposing team are just like, oh, here's so-and-so, you know, Giannis Ancogupo, and then, Here's your Phoenix Suns! You're like, oh, my God, the growling. Well, like, especially because they do it throughout the season, right? Like, regular season. Yep. So, like, those NBA <laughs> nights where you're just getting, like, four bench stars. Frank Kaminsky! <laughs> you're like, who cares? It's his job, man. It's what he's supposed to be doing. All right, on the way back, we got to bounce around uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, more good news with my guy, Joey Gallo. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. There's a long drive to deep left field. Back goes Dubon, and that baby is history. Carlos Perez is four for four. Yep, Aviators dong the other night. Carlos Perez with the homer. Russ Langer on the call. Uh, Aviators are in Reno tonight. 6.35 start over on 9.20 a.m. Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. Uh, Lazardo pitching again at this level. Needs to get it together. He got rocked last time out. A's could really use him in the second half. Remember, Ticketmaster.com is where you get your Aviators tickets for uh, – the Las Vegas Ballpark, next homestand coming up on the 15th. That's a Thursday. It's $2 beer night. And then they've got these extended homestands, six straight games through the 20th. This will be taken on El Paso. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get tickets. All right, some baseball updates, John. Carlos uh, Perez, former Angel, by the way. First of all, uh, Jeff Passan a little while ago saying Trevor Bauer, uh, admin leave has been extended by seven days. As police and the league continue to investigate sexual assault allegations against him, unless something is resolved by then, very unlikely, league and union will discuss an indefinite extension of the admin leave, or suspension as most people would call it. Uh, I assume the Dodgers are prepping for no Trevor Bauer the rest of the season. And, and, they, and they, better, they better get on it because you know, we mentioned it yesterday that Kershaw's out 
you know, there's some guys leaking oil on the pitching staff. Now your bullpen's going to get freaking shredded in terms of use. So they know what's going on to a certain extent. Uh, Dodgers should not be standing pat for much longer in terms of starting pitching. Right, and look, I mean, if you look at some of the numbers, while Walker Buehler is still performing at a very high level across the board, strikeouts are way down. He hasn't really been the same pitcher as he was a year ago. You know, Gonsolin comes back. It's a short sample size, and he's pitching relatively well. Some numbers indicating that there's some regression. And remember, too, for those who don't, you know, Dustin May got hurt early in the year who's figured to be a big part of the rotation this season. So, no, you're right. They need to buy a little bit of something. And Kenley Jansen has recaptured some of the magic, but, I mean, is he keeping it in the bottle for the rest of the season? Well, you know, they try to get him some more breaks. You know, they took, yeah. took a real bad break with uh, Corey Kniebel going down. He, he's probably not back until August. Uh, Blake Trinan has been kind of up and down. He's been okay. Not a freaking, you know, lockdown starter. Here's the problem with the Dodgers, too. Because of, and this is a good thing for baseball, uh, because of the wild card, there's a lot more the extra wild card spots. Um, there's a lot more teams that are going to be buyers, I think, than sellers. And you've already seen the Blue Jays buy. And there was a story today uh, talking about Nelson Cruz, who's on the Twins. Well, he's 41 years old. The Twins suck this year. Uh, all Rocco Badelli's fault, right? Uh, not exactly. But Cruz is going to be on the market. And this isn't pitching. This isn't a Dodger end of it. It just shows that lots of teams that you don't expect normally to be buyers are going to be buyers, and the Blue Jays and the A's could be the lead teams for Nelson Cruz. Yes, and I will say, the one thing that I guess kind of works in their favor, Buster only was talking about this the other day on his podcast, and it's a brilliant point. If you look at the National League, yeah, we're set, like for the wild card, right? We're talking about those three teams in the NL West, where it looks like they're going to get in. They have such a massive gap. The Reds are four and a half games back of the second wild card, and after that, the Cubs are seven games back. So there's a few less contenders in terms of what you're looking at. The American League, you're probably going to get some buyers. Like some of those French teams, like, you know, I'm rooting the I'm, – I'm a big Angels fan. The Angels are going to be buyers. Mike Trout's coming back at some point. You desperately need a starting pitcher. You've been treading water. You can talk you, yourself Back to something. the National League, John. Don't you think every, you know, well, most of the teams, not the Marlins, but the rest of the NL East could be looking to buy? Yeah, because you can win <laughs> your division. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mets are not guaranteed. I don't, I don't know what was going on with the odds beginning of the week the Mets were minus 250 to win the division like uh, what two weeks ago they were minus 460 which is nuts <laughs> right like I like the Mets and like especially if they get a Chris Bryant type you know I, I think they're a very solid team but over four dollars and two dollars to win that thing when you have the lineup with the potential that the Nationals have I mean, we know what the Braves have potentially if their pitching gets put together or they go acquire somebody um, no that's a really fair point in terms of that division overall, you could still totally win that thing. I'll get to the Joey Gallo stuff in a little bit because now we have the uh, field completed for the Home Run Derby. You want to come down here to Silver 7's great place to play and join the A-Play, and they've got giveaways, it seems like, almost every day for players. Uh, when you sign up for A-Play, you can uh, get up to $77 in free play right away. They've got a Friday Pick 2 giveaway where you can get a bunch of cool items. Uh, coming up this Friday, you've got... Uh, Sleeping bag and ceiling light and a tent available for uh, campers. Uh, some tools the next week. You can pick from a cordless drill, dash mini grill, leaf blower. Uh, the end of the month on a Friday, and this all goes down from 4.30 to 7.30. It's a pick-two giveaway here at Silver 7s. The end of the month, you got choice of wine chiller, roadside kit, dash cam. I love it. Sign up for A-Play at Silver 7s, Flamingo, and Paradise. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.